All right, welcome in everybody. Let's get right into it. So if you're like me and you grew up in the 90s, 2000s, uh, in the 2010s, you noticed that there were a small handful of actors that had bit parts or small reoccurring roles in sci-fi shows all throughout those three decades. And, uh, yeah, they, they more often than not played some characters that became some fan favorites. Um, if you'll notice nowadays, a lot of these actors, they don't, they don't do too much other than tour, uh, sci-fi comic or anime conventions. And I don't blame them. Like these guys helped shape the genre at least for TV and movies and uh, a lot of voice actors too. Uh, a lot of these actors crossed over into voice acting. Um, but there's a select few who appear in almost anything that's long running. And like I said, these were actors who are particularly notable um, in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. And I would argue that we would not have the awesome coterie of enthralling shows that we have without these guys. And like, like I said, these were just bit parts. They're really small. Uh, some of them were reoccurring. Uh, if you go on their IMDb pages, you'll see that oh, they showed up in two episodes, three episodes, maybe just one episode. But they helped make the show. They helped make that season what it was. And the, these guys became some of my, and I know a lot of other people's, all-time favorite actors. So first off, we have Mark Shepard. Now this guy's probably most well-known for playing Crowley in Supernatural. Um, but he's been in... Doom Patrol, Firefly, Battlestar Galactica, Warehouse 13, Bionic Woman, Charmed, Dollhouse, a ton of movies. Like, Shepard is all over the damn place. Uh, he usually plays a kind of wheeler dealer. He's a, he's a shifty kind of a guy who's always looking to make a deal. Uh, or he plays up a, a witty, no-nonsense kind of role. Uh, very similar to his Supernatural or Doom Patrol performances. But whatever the character, uh, he's he's almost got this character actor uh, kind of kind of bit where he, he always plays the same kind of person. He almost plays the, the same kind of character in whatever he's in. Right? He's, he's got this real sultry, accented voice he's kind of laid back right he's he's got this chill attitude that makes his character seem very sure of themselves he's kind of arrogant uh, but he is able to back up the trash talk and if um, if if you've seen any of those shows that I listed off you'll know exactly what I'm talking about next off we have Christopher. I, I never 
learned how to pronounce this guy's last name. It's it's weird. Uh, Christopher Heyerdahl. Now, Christopher Heyerdahl, this guy, he's got a pretty impressive resume to me. Um, especially because he just takes one or two projects at a time. Uh, something that's really easy for a TV actor to do. Uh, he's not in a ton of movies, but he's appeared in shows like Sanctuary, uh, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, both Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis, uh, Ten Star, Peacemaker, Supernatural, and Van Helsing. We we have seen him in a good amount of movies, but I, I think the and he plays bit parts in movies as well. I, I but I think the ones that he's the most well known for are the Twilight movies, where he plays one of the uh, heads of the Volturi elite. He's this really tall, lanky kind of guy, which casting directors and costume designers tend to like because they they see the uh, the height and the the shape of the of the actor they that gives them a range of possibilities to play around with um, with the actor's character design and he always plays this really soft spoken uh, but kind of threatening character he's he's in a ton of fight scenes doing his own stunts and choreography uh, he has almost no eyebrows in real life, <laughs> while at the same time having some really prominent eyebrow ridges and sunken eyes, and that it, it gives him this really natural hollow look that's really menacing, uh, which is played up a lot in his work. And I, he's he's one of those guys where you point at the screen and go, ah, that guy, yeah, I know him. Oh, okay, this is gonna be good. This, this is gonna be a good episode. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this. He always gives a really stellar performance, no matter what it is. I mean, he played a deaf guy that turned out to be a serial killer in Van Helsing, and I, I it, it was probably the only good acting in that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I watched that show for him. One of one of his premier roles, to me at least. Next up, we have Anthony Head. Now, Anthony has a really wide range of talents, which includes him being a really good singer. That helped him land the film Repo the Genetic Opera in 2008. And that was one of my first introductions to him. Uh, he had also done Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which kind of at the same time, a little bit beforehand, um, which also had a musical number. It, it had a whole musical episode. So the the guy has some pipes on him. He can he can really sing. Uh, he's also been in Merlin, Doctor Who, Dominion, The Stranger. Uh, he was also in Jack Ryan and Ted Lasso. Head, more often than not, plays a very distinguished figure. He's got this airy way of speaking about him. He, he sounds very well-educated and refined. And while he is not a very 
large man. He does use his voice and his facial expressions to create a very commanding presence. And he has a very distinct British accent, which always helps with casting for bad guy roles for some reason. I'm not sure why. We just always seem to really like villainous British people, I guess. But if, if I was get, getting a, a sci-fi project together and I needed a bad guy that might have even been like a, a lower tier or a mini boss bad guy, I'm getting Anthony Head for some villainous role. Next up, we have Robert Picardo. Now, while this guy appears in a ton of non-sci-fi projects, he has a enormous presence in the genre because of his roles in all three Stargate shows, Star Trek Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Quantum Leap, The Orville. He always plays a bureaucrat kind of character or a middle management, uh, weaselly lawyer type of guy. Uh, In in real life, he's a very meek and glasses-toting, bald, geeky kind of guy. So these roles fit him very well. And because of the staple that uh, he left on film and television, whenever we see him pop up in things like CSI, Hawaii Five-0, Castle, Smallville, Sabrina the Teenage Witch... We, we always know he's going to be one of those characters that kind of throws a wrench into the main character's plans as he is always playing up a role that's kind of meant to be an obstacle. And he eventually turns into an ally to the main character or he realizes the error of his ways and understand that... It, it, he comes to the understanding that he's been a foible to the main character or to the to the progression of the story, and he kind of turns heel a little bit and um, helps out, right? Even if he dies before then, uh, Picardo is always a fun addition to any project. And one last one. Uh, everyone's all-time favorites uh, certainly one of my all-time favorites Clancy Brown Clancy Brown is another one of those guys that pops up everywhere with little bit roles here and there I mean he's a big name like a big big name but he he always takes little minor roles here and there in in sci-fi shows and most people hear this actor every, everywhere rather than see him uh, as he is predominantly a voice actor. I mean, he's the guy that that voices Mr. Krabs, for God's sake. Uh, I mean, how could you not come across this guy? He's everywhere. But voiceovers aside, he has done a ton of on-screen roles as well. I mean, he was in Gen V, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian... Punisher, Sleepy Hollow, and Daredevil. And he's been in a bunch of movies here and there. 
he's he's one of those guys that has a very naturally deep voice. Um, it, it kind of almost sounds as if a normal guy was talking into a barrel, but you removed the echo, right? His his face is uh, is kind of structured that way too. It's it, he looks like he has a very large jaw and a large mouth where sound can just kind of reverberate in there and and become deeper. Uh, he is pretty tall. He has a slightly stockier build that allows for the kind of character he usually plays on screen. He's typically a sheriff or a military officer, someone with a ton of influence or importance to either the plot of the show moving forward or the main character. I mean, hell, in Gen V, for instance, he's the very first episode and that's his only appearance that's it like he he gets killed instantly spoilers but the impact that he has on the rest of the season from that point on i mean his actions are basically why there is a show to begin with and that's what i mean when i say that without these actors without these bit roles these bit parts we couldn't have had the shows that we did. I, I mean, they're so damn important. And I don't think that they would have been nearly as successful without these actors in them. So if you need an actor that's going to be an integral figure for even a minute of the project, whether he's a leader of men in something like Starship Troopers, or he's a hellish red Deveronian mercenary like in The Mandalorian, Clancy Brown is the actor that you need. Now, there are a ton more notable actors who played bit parts here and there, but they don't really have as many appearances or play as impactful impactful a role as these guys do. You have your Sarah Michelle Gellers, your Michael Ironsides, LeVar Burton's, but they're all either playing the main character or they just have a cameo here and there rather than a recurring bit part like the actors on our list. Regardless, we as an audience are pretty damn lucky to have all these guys working for decades to bring us some truly greatly entertaining sci-fi shows and movies and I, for one, could not be more grateful. But yeah, that was my rant for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.